Hey, I've been telling you for months how good this football team could be, but now national media members are kind of coming on board. We'll show you what we mean. Stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. Hello, I am Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We start today with Greg McElroy listing Ole Miss as one of his sleeper teams going into the 2023 season. Now, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, so it's whenever I say it, it's going to be different than when national analysts say it. That, that's just the way it is. I don't pretend to be anything other than the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Whenever you see, there's a logo of what you're coming into. When people call me a homer, I just laugh because this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. But hearing it from me and hearing it from outside national analysts, carries a little bit different weight. And Greg McElroy has listed Ole Miss as a don't sleep on the Rebels, believes the Rebels could surprise people in 2023. He did a full breakdown of all the stuff that we've told you about for months. That hasn't really changed. But the storyline, other than the fact that we're, what we're going to say towards the end of what he said, was the fact that National media members are kind of starting to flip a little bit momentum-wise. They're starting to see the talent that this Ole Miss football has offensively and what it could look like even with their schedule this season. Now, Ole Miss has to go to Tuscaloosa. That should scare the hell out of Alabama, honestly. Um, Game against LSU, I've predicted them to beat LSU, and we'll see exactly how that goes. But those are the Two of the three most difficult games on Ole Miss's schedule. And the other one would be the Georgia Bulldogs, but that's not until November. So we're going to break down the Arkansas Razorbacks today and show exactly how the first half of the football season could look for the Ole Miss Rebels. We're going to do a... Um, Video breakdown of Maurice Davis. We do like Maurice Davis as a player. We'll talk a little bit about him. But mainly we're going to talk about this because this is interesting because this shows that the media and everybody was down on Ole Miss at the end of last season. They just genuinely were. And they started to warm and look at the talent and how it's been reloaded. And it's kind of built over time and it started with the quarterback room. And then you add Quenshawn Judkins, you add Zachary Franklin, you add Trey Harris, the defensive side of the ball with Isaac Ukwu and Monty Montgomery and those guys. And all of a sudden you can see the talent that is being created on this team. And national media members are finally starting to get that memo. McElroy went on to say it's been well documented that the Rebels have a daunting football schedule with road matchups with the Georgia Bulldogs, Crimson Tide Tigers, 
Mississippi State Bulldogs and two home games with LSU and Arkansas. It's hard to like the Rebels' odds for the 20, success in 2023. See, that that is a lead that I don't like in this article. This isn't what Greg McElroy said. This was somebody that aggregated what Greg McElroy said. I don't like this lead because it's A, assuming that Arkansas and Mississippi State would be and Auburn would be daunting wins and hard ways to win, but and, and it wouldn't. There's three games on this schedule that are supremely difficult, and that is Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. How Ole Miss does in those three is going to determine whether it's a good season or a great season. And then the other games, you need to not drop. You need to not lose. They could beat you, yes. I'm not saying they couldn't, but you can't drop those games. And those games don't make your schedule difficult. So I, I don't like that league. However, former Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback Greg McElroy does not think the Rebels should be taken lightly this upcoming season. Recently on his daily podcast, McElroy took the time to break down the Ole Miss roster and explain why he likes the Rebels this year. We're going to put a link down in the description of the video for anybody that wants to watch it. Very good job. He also listed Jackson Dart as a potential breakout quarterback for Ole Miss this fall as well. So he likes where Ole Miss is positioned at the moment. Now, his thing, don't sleep on the Rebels. And like I said, I don't know if it was sleep. This is a situation where if SEC media days happens and Ole Miss is predicted third in the West, because that's kind of what I think they should be, that's about where they need to be. If they're below that, it's because people are sleeping on the Rebels. Arkansas has no business being above Ole Miss this year. They they just don't. Head-to-head -head ESPN is predicting Ole Miss 80% nearly about to win that game. That They should not be there. Auburn should not be ahead of Ole Miss. Auburn, honestly, should be probably last in the SEC. Mississippi State should not be there. Texas A&M, while good, while you think they can be there, Texas A&M needs to be completely in show-me mode. So third in the West should be what you look at as a prediction for next week from the media at SEC Media Days. Greg McElroy takes this a step further. We've seen Ole Miss ranked anywhere from 15 to 20 in power rankings before the season, and it wouldn't take but probably one win to all of a sudden start having special-type conversations. If Ole Miss can upset LSU, which I predicted, by the way, on this show, if Ole Miss can beat Alabama, just get one of those games. All of a sudden, you start having different conversations about Ole Miss football in 2023. It'll be quite interesting. I, I, I am a big fan of Greg McElroy in this case, and I agree with what he said. Obviously, we are the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, so we are going to say stuff like that. But whenever you hear national analysts starting to say that stuff, it's interesting. Now, I saved some stuff to the end because I think it's relevant. Last year's breakout team that they put on where Ole Miss is this time, where he put T, um, a breakout team last year was TCU. And TCU was able to run through and go to the national championship game and get absolutely drubbed by Georgia. If Ole Miss does that same thing this year, I'm cool. I'm fine. Um, but Ole Miss has a chance to be very special. And if Ole Miss can replicate in the early season what TCU did last season. Now, granted, this is an SEC schedule versus a Big 12 schedule, but if Ole Miss can replicate that and do a little bit different stuff, 
you have a chance to if they're five and one at the end uh, after the Arkansas game, you can start saying, "Hey, this could potentially be a special season." But my big fear, and we'll talk about this moving forward, is there seems to be just that game over the course of Lane Kiffin's career at Ole Miss to where Ole Miss has been expected to win or be very competitive and they just laid an egg in it. And it's just happened. So until it doesn't happen, you have to assume that it will happen. And we'll talk about that in the season breakdowns as well. But Ole Miss being the 2023 TCU, maybe we should put that on our bingo card. Maybe we should get ready for that type of a season. Now, there's many, many things and so much water that has to flow under the bridge between now and even the end of September. So many things can happen that can affect every bit of this. But the potential is there for an elite special type season for the Ole Miss Rebels in 2023. And if you've watched our show over the past week, everydayers can attest. I think that 2023, as good as we can be, we need to maximize it. But it is most important that Ole Miss, at the end of 2023, has put itself in the best position for 2024. It's all about that playoff push in 2024. It's all about trying to get that home game in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in the playoffs with Oregon coming to town. That is what we're playing for at this point. But if Ole Miss can be the breakout team of 2023, the sleeper team of 2023, like Greg McElroy is alluding to and saying, 2024 will take care of itself. It's talent all over the field. Be very excited. I think somebody in my comments said that if you can't be excited about 2023 and this Ole Miss football team, there's something wrong with you. And he's absolutely right. So, I do want to let you know, Bird Dogs are back sponsoring the show. That's Bird Dog Shorts. And I told you about my situation. If you're an everyday, you know what I went through in 2019. But part of that is I have to take walks constantly. If I'm not walking, I get wobbly. So, I have to get out there. It could be 120 degrees like it's been in Central Florida, seemingly, recently. But I have to get out in it and go for a walk or else I get wobbly. Now, if you wear normal shorts, normal cotton shorts that are so restrictive and rigid and stiff, you can see that sometimes wearing the incorrect shorts is a self-teaching tool. If you don't believe me, put on a pair of swim trunks and walk a mile. That's all I have to do. You'll have to, you'll have to use some Neosporin after that is over. But Bird Dogs is fantastic. They've invented basically a stretchy, sweat-wicking, anti-stink fabric that they were able to put into all their shorts. And you're able to wear those and they're so comfortable. They have a liner in there so they don't ride up and all the stuff that you need. And if you have to walk, if you go to the theme park, play golf, whatever you want to do, whenever you're active in the shorts, Bird Dogs is the way to go. And I do want to let you know that with every order, I think, a Yeti, um, a Yeti style tumbler is available. And So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnCollege or promo code 
Locked On College for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I can agree with that. And I guarantee that if you get a pair, you will be in my comments telling me, hey, Steve, you, you nailed this one. You were absolutely, absolutely correct. And I will say, yes, I know, because I have a pair or two of myself. That's simple. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. Now, Maurice Davis committed to Ole Miss. We did a reaction video, show the highlights. We did a pretty good job with that. But on these weekend videos, everybody doesn't watch. It, it just doesn't. They, they, the blue label videos get more traction than the red label videos. That's just the way it is. That's the, honestly the way it's designed. And we're going to talk about Maurice Davis again today. And he is a commit out of Georgia. I think at Daughtery High School. Here's his graphic with him committing to Ole Miss. He says, we home. Um, this is Twitter handle. By the way, later on the week, we've agreed to do an interview. Technology could get in the way, of course, but expect an interview with Maurice Davis this week if everything goes all right. So far, this so far it has, if you've watched the channel recently. If you look at Maurice Davis's profile, you can see that he's nearly a four-star on on three. Six foot five, 210 pounds, out of um, Albany, Georgia. I think I said that right, our Albany. Um, Corey Burton would have to correct me on that one. Um, I have to get in on my Georgia slang. Um, but normal people would call it Albany, but it's like Albany, I think. Um, from Doherty High School in Georgia. Six foot five, 210 pounds. I talked about this kid. With this kid, violence is a feature, not a bug, bug of his game. And you can see on his highlights, and we're going to put them up here and show them again. Um, he plays with a good bit of athleticism and violence in the way that he plays the game. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Not a single thing. Coaches will tell you when they're recruiting a player or trying to evaluate a player, they want a kid to be too aggressive as opposed to not aggressive enough. Because you can teach a kid to throttle it down a little bit. It's kind of hard to teach a kid to build up to that level. So whenever you see a player in high school playing with that level, I don't know, of vitriol, violence, and stuff like that, celebrate it because that lets you know that this kid can not just be developed, but probably be developed easier than a player that was in the opposite situation. Same athletic tools, but just personality-wise, they go a little bit different way. He's visited Louisville. I think it was an Ole Miss at Louisville at the end. <clears throat> And he was deciding between those two. He visited USF, the South Florida Bulls. I'm never going to talk down on a kid for taking a visit to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is my favorite city, or Tampa is my favorite city in the United States. Um, just so great. I enjoy just driving through there. I love the wrought iron at USF, by the way. Props to um, USF for getting that right. But I'll never question a kid for going down there. And Miami's the same way. When If you want to go down there, absolutely visit those places. Like Camarion Franklin's been visiting South Beach. Yeah, yeah, you should do that. But don't necessarily mean they need to go to college there. But hey, they need the life experience and the travel and all that stuff. And free official visits now that they're unlimited. Yeah, take, take advantage of that. But Maurice Davis 
is a guy that is really good at getting after the quarterback. And whenever I interviewed um, Brian Smith and talked about William Eccles, who's an interior defensive lineman, maybe a one, maybe a zero technique, possibly a three, Brian talked about how playing against the run, this kid's got the goods. Absolutely. He's not sure about pass rushing at this point. The flip side holds true for Maurice Davis. And Maurice Davis is going to get the rating he has because of the size he is. Instantly. 6'4 and 6'5, everybody perks up when they hear that at defensive end. Whenever you hear 200 or 210 pounds, you pay a little bit less attention and you start worrying about the competition at the high school's playing and things like that. But I'm telling you, that's not somebody you need to, something you need to take into account this time on this player because this is a good football player. Now, the player comp that I would take Maurice Davis and kind of move him to, Chamberlain Campbell um, signed from St. Petersburg. A lot of people would say that because of the height and weight similarities that they have. But I'm going to go a little bit different direction. I think he reminds me a little bit of DJ Holmes. And he's somebody that you can line up on the end. His athletic um, ability and get off is absolutely outstanding. He causes problems out on the end just based off of his speed. And when he learns how to play the position, he's going to be a problem. And you can see that development exactly how you need to do it. Some players, it's like, hey, let's get them on campus and see what they need to work on entirely and see where they are. No, with, with DJ Holmes and with, Maurice Davis, you know exactly what's coming and exactly what needs to happen. And honestly, Maurice Davis is probably an easy development thing as long as he is mentally checked into Ole Miss football. He is a player that you put on 40 pounds, he's a monster. An absolute monster. And that is important um, whenever you're recruiting because I'm not saying it's a sure thing. There's no thing as a sure thing in college sports in recruiting. There's not a 100% hit rate. Even if you got signed only five stars, you would not hit on every player. But it is important to see the straight line and see exactly a clear vision of what needs to be done to get the player to what you need. And I'm saying Maurice Davis has that. The reason is that you would rate him where you rate him. And whenever you look at it, you can see exactly, oh, if he just fixes that, which a college training table and a college strength program, that's getting fixed. He, he, he's going to be exactly what you need to be, and I expect him to show out over the next couple of years. Maybe he'll take a red shirt in year one, but he's a player that is going to do well. And I, and I think I talked yesterday, my big concern would be that you would develop a player for a couple of years and they would go off to Alabama and Georgia. That is my concern of this avenue of defensive recruiting. And we'll see exactly what happens there. Anyway, when we come back, we will do our W's and L's on Arkansas, the Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll talk about them a little bit in just a second. Stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we are doing W's and L's 
And today we'll talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, Arkansas had an interesting season. Now, you had K.J. Jefferson that got hurt early in the year. They ended up going 7-6. and six. They had that weird Liberty Bowl where all the points were scored against Kansas. And Kansas, by the way, they're, they're on the comeuppance. I, uh, I'm a big Jayhawks person right now um, to the detriment of all the Mizzou fans that might be listening to the show. But Arkansas ended up 7-6, and six, and they are talking, honestly, hot seat. If Sam Pittman doesn't win eight games this year, there could be a change at Arkansas. And that is interesting. And their schedule, you'll see in just a little bit, kind of sets up in a weird way. And I, I don't know exactly how to take it, but it's like easy in the beginning, easy on the end. The middle of it is an absolute bear. So if they come out of that middle of the schedule, if they get through October and they're like, I don't know, uh, was it six and three, something like that, you have a chance for a really special season if you're an Arkansas fan. If you come out of that and you are three and six, you got a problem. If you come out of that and you're four and five, you got a problem. So we'll see exactly what's going to go on with Arkansas. Now, looking at them offensively, they do have K.J. Jefferson and Raheem Sanders. They're still back. But, in my opinion, this person likes Dan Enos for what he did at Maryland. I am going to juxtapose it a little bit off of what Kendall Bryles was able to do um, with De'Eric King. So, this offense is going to change. I think the tempo and stuff that they did at Arkansas helped them out, especially in the running game. It made these guys really, really good football players. Jefferson's one of the best running quarterbacks in the round. Raheem Sanders is easily the second best running back in the Southeastern Conference. And Sam Pittman's offensive line is always going to be good. But the move from Kendall Bryles with this tempo RPO type offense, explosive. It worked everywhere it's been, even with running quarterbacks. I go back to De'Eric King at Houston to where he put up a 35-touchdown, six-interception season. It was unbelievably effective. And as a, I think he was a freshman or a sophomore, we thought this kid's going to win a Heisman. This kid is special. Kendall Bryles moved on to Florida State. De'Eric King's numbers dropped down considerably. He ended up going to Miami, had a decent type year, but not the type year of anything like when Kendall Bryles was the quarter, um, coordinator. So I worry with Dan Enos that something similar like that is going to happen. I think they're going to be good. I don't know how good they're going to be. Now, a problem that the Arkansas Razorbacks had last year was their defense. Their defense was the worst in the conference, and um, they gave up over 30 points a game. I think they gave up 450 yards rushing um, to the Ole Miss Rebels, and this was a team that passed defense was the way forward. They did lose linebackers Drew Sanders and Bumper Poole. Um, that hurts. They're counting on replacements coming in, filling in for them. And the secondary definitely has to be far, far stronger. It was a problem. It affected their run game coverage because of them having to basically compensate for what was going on on the um, in the secondary, secondary side as well. The key to the season, they need to get off the field in third down, period. If you do that, Arkansas has a chance to be very good. This is the thing. Whenever you have K.J. Jefferson and Raheem Sanders, 
You want to get possessions back for the offense. It's the same thing that Pete Goldening is going to be a task with with the Ole Miss offense. Get possessions back for the offense. And we'll see exactly how they are able to do that. You know, whenever they get rolling, they are an absolute problem. So we'll see. And that the five offenses last season got hit over 50% of their third down percentage. That's, that's absolutely nuts. Now, their key player is Isaiah Satanga or Jaden Wilson or Sam Mbaka. You know what this means? This means they don't know. We're, we're guessing. They don't have the wide receivers out there. The passing game could be a problem. They're going to lean on the run game quite a bit. Now, Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator, was an offensive coordinator for Brett Bielema. In that um, 2015 game with the 4th and 25, I know I hate to bring that up for Ole Miss fans, but he was the offensive coordinator then. He's run with, um, I, I don't know how to, Tagovailoa at Maryland. I can't say his first name. Maybe it's Talina or something like that. I don't know. Talia. Um, but he was pretty effective with that offense, but it wasn't necessarily the same thing. So it's probably changed a little bit since he was with Burt, but I wouldn't expect it to change that much, honestly. And honestly, here's the schedule that sets up. And Ole Miss sits right in the middle of that five-game schedule that's going to be an absolute bear. Just an absolute monster. At LSU and A&M at Arlington the week before, at Ole Miss, then Alabama at Alabama is the week after. It's an absolute mess. This is a situation where Arkansas could absolutely go 0-5 out of these five games. It, absolute mess. Could go 0-5. You, now, you have your Western Carolinas and your Mur Missouris and other stuff, but the season is going to turn either way based off of this five-game period from the end of September until late October. Interesting enough. Now, if you look at the matchup predictor, the ESPN FBI is not high on the hogs in this game. They give Ole Miss a 70% chance. I think it said 80% earlier. But they give them a 70% chance of winning this game. Um, Arkansas is at 29.7. So it's interesting, right? It, it's kind of what you expect to happen. But it's a game that Ole Miss should win. Now, Ole Miss can lose. They lost to them this year. But Ole Miss can win that game and should win that game. And ESPN FPI says they should win that game. So whenever I look at the scheduled W's and L's for the halfway point of the season, I'm going to chalk this one up as a W. And honestly, be pretty happy about it and feel pretty good about it. So my W's and L's through the first half of the season have Ole Miss at 5-1. and one. And I think they were probably just looking at the outside. If you look, gonna, want to go back and look at the first half of the schedule, when you look at Alabama, Ole Miss should win that game. When you look at all the questions that Alabama has, but I can't pick Ole Miss to win that game. I can't. I've seen that game too many times. I saw Eli Manning go down there to play a 3-8 and eight Alabama team, and they beat, out, they beat Eli with like 42-7. to seven. I think Sean Alexander just scored another touchdown. So that is a game that I am... You're, it's, when I talk about show-me games, that's a show-me game. That's something you need to pay attention to. But 
I'm scheduling this one as a W. I think the first half of the season, Ole Miss will go 5-1, and one, and everybody will be really excited about it. We got an off week, and then we have the Auburn Tigers, and I'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every dayers. Um, we are trying and working to get Maurice Davis on this week. We have our season preview stuff as we count down to SEC Media Days. And we're going to have some just weird takes. That's just the way we are and the way we operate here at the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in and hotty toddy.